congregation, people of God, George Washington said this in 1779. And I want you to, I didn't put it on the screen, I want you to listen, listen to it. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly to implore his protection and favor, whereas both the houses of Congress have, by their joint committee, requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Now, therefore, I do recommend next to be devoted to the service of that great and glorious being who is the author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country. Those words from George Washington in 1779, that was the first national thanksgiving proclamation. As a country, we've had Thanksgiving Day for many years. Everyone celebrates it. Everybody and anybody can However, not everyone can have the kind of thanksgiving that you and I can have today. Not everyone has it. Paul wrote Colossians. Paul talks about overflowing with thankfulness. Anybody can have a drop of thankfulness. But a believer can be overflowing with it. As a believer, you can be overflowing with thankfulness today. It could very well be that you're not feeling very thankful this year. Maybe as you see the end of 2010 approaching, you're finding out that this year did not turn out nearly as well as you hoped it would. Maybe it's been full of disappointments. Maybe that relationship did not work out. Maybe your income as a family took a hit this year due to the economy. Maybe in school, your grades, children, or a friendship did not turn out the way you expected. Maybe today you're in mourning because a loved one will not be around the table with you this year, maybe for the first time. And maybe for you this morning, this is one of the the most difficult and hardest times of year that everyone gets so excited about and happy about. Everyone, everyone is, is so joyful, but, but you're not. You're lonely. But yet, God's word tells us we can be overflowing with thankfulness today. You know, this word that Paul uses for overflowing is found many, many times in the New Testament. And we'd be here for a long time if I read all the verses. It's that many, uh, dozens of times, several dozen. Romans 15, 13 as as a sample. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace 
as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Philippians 1.9, this is my prayer, that your love may abound, that your love may overflow more and more. Paul uses this word all the time, it seems, and it's because he wants us to see and know and experience how full of blessing the Christian life can be. Full of hope, full of joy, full of comfort, full of love, overflowing with all of those things, overflowing with God's blessings. You know, and, and, and maybe today you, you are thankful You are thankful. We heard a lot of wonderful expressions of thanks. That's great. But I'm excited to show you this morning why you cannot just be thankful, but you can be overflowing with thankfulness, as our scripture text says. How can you be? Why? Well, one, your life can overflow with thankfulness today because your life in Jesus overflows with certainty. Your life as a believer belonging to Jesus, your life can overflow with thanksgiving because your life overflows with certainty. Living without certainty can be very difficult. Not knowing what's around the corner, there's uncertainty for high school students looking at college, where will I go, how will I decide, and then once you're in college, what will I major in, what type of career will I head into, after college, well, what do I do now? Who will I marry in life, will I marry, will I have kids, will I get a stable job, and of of course, we don't have a crystal ball to be able to look ahead and see and know all the details of our lives. But as a believer, there is an ultimate certainty that you have that people who aren't in Christ do not have. People today live with uncertainty about ultimate matters. Like, like what happens when I die? People wonder. Is there a heaven? They wonder. Is there a hell? Is there truth? Is there a purpose to my life? My call to the ministry came especially in a church plant situation while I was going to college. I volunteered there a lot in uh, the youth ministry especially and in worship. Well, in evening worship times at this church, we studied and there were sermons on the Heidelberg Catechism. The Heidelberg Catechism in a church plant, you say? How ridiculous is that? You bet. That's what we did. And what that document does, of course, is give a framework to the Bible. It organizes the truths of God's Word. It summarizes them. Now, how do you think brand new believers, baby Christians, responded to that? They were ecstatic. People who grew up outside of Christ came in time and again. They gave this testimony. I didn't know there was truth. I didn't know there was this meaning to life on this earth and meaning to my life. They they were shown this framework to living 
And reality, that, let's face it, we can take for granted all too often when we've been a Christian for a while. But the fact is, non-believers don't have this. What you have, if you're in Christ, they're wandering. There's no certainty, no sense of the whole. They don't even know if there's a God. The great physicist Stephen Hawking you know, has this, this book that came out recently called The Grand Design. And, and no one doubts this guy is brilliant. He has an incredible mind. But the poor man, with all his might, with all of his extensive brain power, he keeps trying to convince himself and all of us that there is no God. But he can't do it. He keeps trying. He cannot do it. He cannot prove that there is no God. He fails. But believers, in Jesus Christ, you have certainty about these ultimate matters. You've been taught the faith. You've been built up in him. You're rooted. You know where you stand. You have the word of God. You know the truth. You know where you stand in relationship to God when you belong to Jesus. Where do you stand? You're his child. And you know you're called to live for him. You have a present. You have a future. God provides us more in his precious word than we'll ever be able to fully take in in a lifetime. It overflows with his truth. And deep down, through the working of the Holy Spirit in your heart, you know it's true. Your life overflows with certainty And so you can overflow with thankfulness today. You're rooted. You've got a purpose and point to your living. And your living is for Jesus. Secondly, your life in Christ overflows with grace. So you can be thankful today. Your life simply overflows with grace as a believer. In Colossians, this book, Paul was addressing a heresy that said you needed kind of a secret knowledge for salvation. You need to be part of sort of the secret society or club to have the special knowledge and insight to be saved. Paul is saying, no, you need Jesus. Jesus is the answer. You don't need this or that, only Jesus. If you look a little earlier in this chapter, at verse 2, Paul says, my purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart And united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God. So he's using language that they would connect with, these philosophies, talking about mysteries and secret knowledge. But he says in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's verse 2. And then our verse 6, Paul talks about them, the believers, having received Christ. Christ alone, Paul is saying. He's all we need and more. If anyone tells you you need Jesus and this, or Jesus and that, or you think you do to be happy, to be blessed, to be thankful, you don't. God's word says you just need Jesus Christ. He's your only comfort in life and death. His grace is sufficient no matter where you are at in your life. And we receive Christ by grace alone. 
not because of anything we could ever do or earn. Jesus came for sinners. In the start of this series in Ruth here last Sunday morning, we talked about the road of life and the choices that we make or can make. Well, Jesus came for people going down the wrong road in their life, and that's all of us on our own. Through his atoning death on the cross, he comes and he came to turn us around. Uh, the, The truth and the certainty of God's word that we were talking about earlier comes down to this. He loves you. Your God loves you no matter what you've done. There is grace for you too. Verse 13 in this chapter. When you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it on the cross. When you belong to Jesus, when you receive Christ Jesus, as verse 6 talks about, all of that applies to you. So be thankful today. Overflow with thanksgiving. Your life in Jesus overflows with the grace of God. Rest and live in that grace and acceptance in Jesus today. Just one more thought this morning. Your life can overflow with thankfulness in Christ because in Christ your life overflows with possibilities. Your life overflows with possibilities. What, what is that about? What do I mean by that? No matter your past, no matter what you're feeling or not feeling today, you have a future in Jesus. The end of verse 6, continue to live in him. Another way to put that is walk in him. And that refers to our everyday life, our day-to-day life. Continue in him because in Jesus, your future No matter how it might look to you today, no matter how you might feel about it, in Jesus, your future is as bright as the promises of God. You have a purpose, living for Jesus. We have, you may have heard about these new uh, young adult Bible studies that have started at Faith in the last several months. They're reading and discussing a book called Just Do Something. It's by a pastor named Kevin DeYoung, and it's about making decisions in life. The gist of the, the book is that there are, there are many God-glorifying things we can do with our lives and in our lives. In Jesus, there's really tremendous freedom. God gives us his will in his word, turn to Jesus his, and his will to love God above all in our lives, to love our neighbor as ourself. And with God's will clearly in mind, we can and do serve God in many different careers, in many different ways. Amazing possibilities for you as a believer in Jesus. Possibilities in each new situation in your life, whatever your age, whatever your phase of life, in school, in retirement, in marriage, as a single person, at work, in the church, in your times of relaxing, in your times with family and friends later today, in all of it, 
new possibilities for walking in Jesus. Are you stuck today? You can't make a decision? Remember, you have God's word. You have his will. You have a framework for living. Go for it in your life. Go for it. You cannot go wrong when you're in Jesus in your life, when you're rooted in him, when you have his word, when you're listening to his voice. You cannot go wrong. Friends, without Jesus Christ, you can have thanksgiving. But, but all you've got is a drop's worth. Without Jesus, all you've got is a drop's worth of thanksgiving. God has so much more for us when we belong to Jesus. We see so much more. We have so much more. We can do so much more. We have a life overflowing with his blessings. You can absolutely today overflow with thankfulness because of the certainty of life in him, because of the grace that you have and receive in him, and because of the possibilities and future of a life in him. Maybe you don't have that kind of life, or you're not experiencing that kind of life, that kind of thankfulness, being in Jesus then I'd really encourage you to talk to me or Pastor Mike or an elder at the doors today uh, so that, that we can talk to you about what it means to be in Jesus, about what it means to have, as Paul says, Christ Jesus as Lord of your life. For all who do belong to Jesus this morning, continue to live in him. Continue to live in him. Make decisions in your life that keep you close to Jesus and his ways. Because you know you can make decisions one way or the other. Make decisions in line with continuing in him. In your life, personally, for your families. Jesus is the reason you can overflow with thankfulness today and all the days of your life. Amen.